This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome to the third episode of the Ion Foxborough podcast. I'm Chris Mason. I'm here with Mark Daniels at Gillette Stadium, where we've taken over the Eagles Spanish broadcast booth. And uh, we're ready to break down a wild, wild week one. Mark, opening thoughts on that game. Man, where to begin? Tom Brady was here, and people were really excited to see Tom, so you knew it would be emotional. I did not expect the other type of emotions we felt, Chris. Some some were sort of normal, right? Like there was sort of like this disgust feeling of, wow, the Patriots offense still stinks. It's the same as last year. The first five series, we get two turnovers, three, three and outs, and nothing's changed. People are booing. And before you knew it, the Patriots actually played well. The offense in spurts looked improved, and this turned out to be one hell of a game. And Patriots fans actually had something to cheer about other than Tom Brady being here. And and I would say, although people, some people say there were no moral victories, I disagree. I view the Patriots' 25-20 loss to Philadelphia Eagles as a moral victory because the Eagles have a very good team and, frankly, a much better roster. So I look at it as a, say, glass half full. I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I'm actually impressed with what the Patriots did today, tonight, whatever you want to call it, compared to what we saw last season. Yeah, I don't know how... If you're the Patriots, you don't leave this game feeling good. Other than, of course, there's that little, like, they had the shot at the end and they let it get away. But even, like, after Philly's first drive, I was wondering if I bought too much stock in the Patriots' defense. You know, I was wondering, am I too high on them? Because Philly really did march right down the field. But they held them to the field goal. And after that, they really shut it down. I mean, the only touchdown they gave up was on a short field after the Zeke fumble. So I think that group is for real. And they have rookies all over the place that look like they're going to contribute it's it's pretty wild to me to, to think what how bill belichick built this team because initially i would say i i disagreed with the draft strategy last year the patriots had a, a top one of the top defenses in the nfl they go out in their first three rounds and they draft three defensive players and i'm saying eh, i don't know you know they, they didn't sign deandre hopkins does Mac Jones have a true number one weapon? I thought they needed more help at tackle. And then you see their defense play against Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, um, some really good – Dallas Goddard was shut out, you know, really good tight end for the Eagles. This Patriots defense, what they did against the Eagles gives me faith that, you know, this team is going to surprise us this year. I, I think they're going to be more competitive in the division. Now it's going to be a great test against the Miami Dolphins next week. Tua is coming off this game where he threw over 400 yards. But, hey, you know what? Jalen Hurts finishes with 170 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked three times. I thought the Patriots defense kept this team in the game. And, and we go back to the the optimistic thing, man. I, You know what? I'm just – I feel I feel good about it because if you say you go out here and you get blown out, in the first quarter the Patriots are losing 16-0, I'm like, uh-oh. You know, I'm, I'm instantly thinking. Like, my mind is like, uh-oh. What's Bill Belichick going to be like? Are we going to say he's on the hot seat in like eight weeks? Is it going to be annoying around here? But no, the defense played well. The rookies played really well. Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, Marte, Mapu. Man, you know, that looks like they have three really good players. Now it's week one. That might be a bit of a hot take, but I'm I'm optimistic about the defense. I'm optimistic about the draft picks, man. Let's, let's go to week two. Let's see what they can do. 
The one thing I'm not terribly optimistic about is the second year players where it's crazy. One of the reasons there are so many rookies that were active for this game is that the 2022 draft class just kind of non-existent right now. The only two that were active were Marcus Jones and Bailey Zappi for this game. So, I mean, that's definitely created a spot for a lot of these rookies to come in right away and make an impact. So I guess that's another like glass half full versus glass half empty thing. Um, what do you think of the offense? Finally got Bill O'Brien's offense after what six months of stories about it. Like, finally got to see it. Yeah, it's it's you know we talked about this in our last podcast, but the Patriots' offense barely played in the preseason, so we really didn't know what to expect. And there were some play calls I really liked, but you know, in the first quarter, you're down sixteen nothing because of your offense. There's the Mac pick six, which there's different ways to look at that. The ball was high to Kendrick Bourne. The ball was also wet. Ball sort of hit Kendrick in the hands uh, on the re- on the replay. I don't think he would have caught it. It was too. It was a th- really tough pass, but also in tough conditions. Very next snap, very next offensive snack. Zeke Elliott fumbles the ball, and the Eagles recover. They score a touchdown. So I'm thinking, Chris, like this is just a disaster. People are booing. You know, Tom Brady's probably sitting up there in the booth saying, "Oh man, it's really falling far here in, in New England." And then it happens. Uh, drive six and on. The Patriots, they played well. They scored 14 points in the second quarter. Got shut out there in the third. And then in the fourth and then in the fourth quarter, put together another touchdown drive. I think overall, Mac Jones showed that he was better than what we saw last year. Going to give you all some numbers. Mac Jones threw for 316 yards. That is the third most in his NFL career. He threw for three passing touchdowns. That ties a career high in the NFL. He did it in his first game with Bill O'Brien. He had one of his best passing performances in a game where he was actually inconsistent. So if Mac Jones can improve off week one, which I think he will, I think we're going to see someone put up some pretty decent numbers this year. You keep this up against an Eagles team, you're going to have a good year. I'm going to throw more numbers at you, Chris. Do you know last year the Philadelphia Eagles not only led the league in sacks, they had the number one rated pass defense. They opposing quarterbacks averaged just under 180 yards against the Eagles last year. In fact, Philadelphia Eagles allowed one, guys, just one 300-yard passer last year. It was Dak Prescott. Mac Jones just did that on Sunday night. So that's why I'm feeling pretty good about it, even though the Patriots sort of squandered the opportunities there in the fourth quarter. It was tough, man, right? You have Tom Brady watching. Mac Jones had his Tom Brady potential moments, right? Oh, fourth quarter comeback, live some Brady magic. Nope, didn't didn't quite happen. No, and just going back to the pick six for a second, I do think that was on Mac and not as much Bourne. Although Bourne was having some weird like glove, like glove, no glove, back and forth, trying to figure it out in the rain. But he's always super accountable. And in the locker room, talking to him about that play, someone asked if he could have done something different. And he was just like, uh, maybe tried to knock it down. But when he's talking about, you know, a, a an interception and it's like, oh, what, what could you have done? He wasn't like, oh, I could have caught it. He was like, maybe I could have knocked it, knocked it away. So, but by and large, I mean, I think Jones had a pretty good day and did it with an offensive line that had two rookies starting, which I think that's another area where you saw Bill O'Brien really protect them to some degree. Like the line played well, don't get me wrong, but it's not like he was sitting back there for a ton of five-step drops. You know, it was a lot of, a lot of quick game, get the ball out. Um, I think Ramondre ended up tied as the leading receiver for this game, right? With Kendrick, weren't they both like six catches for 64 yards? Correct. So, I mean, I think, that also speaks to just having a competent offensive coordinator who's like, okay, this is what we're dealing with right now, and this is how we're going to attack it. And, and I think a, a positive thing about this, and, and here's the facts. The Patriots started, as you said, two rookie backups, Tony Maffi and City So at guard. 
They did it against a very good defensive line. Now, the Patriots really couldn't run the ball. They they only ran for 76 yards. They averaged 3.5 yards per carry. They really struggled to run the ball up the middle, and that hurt them in several spots. I mean, listen, if you can't run the ball efficiently on first or second down, you're going into second or third down, like a second and long or third and long. It's really hard for offenses to overcome that. So what I saw Bill O'Brien do was this quick hit, fast-paced type tempo, and, and I thought it worked. And I think, again, because you just mentioned, that actually speaks to this new era we're in, the new Bill O'Brien era. Hey, guess what, guys? Our offensive line isn't going to be great. We have two rookies starting who shouldn't be. We're going to make adjustments. We didn't see that from the Patriots last year. Last year, the Patriots had this sort of boring, frustrating, cookie-cutter offense that really didn't adjust. They didn't adjust anything. Mac Jones wasn't even able to make checks to the line of scrimmage. It was just bad, and players were frustrated. Here, we saw the offensive coordinator adjust in week one, and they actually were able to overcome a slow start where they were in the game. Problems. Let's let's talk about the problems, though, right? The red zone. Now, Patriots last year finished last in the red zone. They were under 50%. I want to say they converted somewhere around 48% of their red zone opportunities, which is horrible. They finished 32nd in the NFL. Tonight, they go 3 of 5. All right, so you can say glass half full, 3 of 5 is 60%, which is an improvement over 2022. Glass not so full. Well, those two failed opportunities came within the red zone with the game on the line, right? You you had an opportunity to win the game, you didn't, and you sort of saw you sort of saw saw some shortcomings from this group. And we're back. What do you think of Christian Gonzalez and his uh, you know, his pretty pretty serious assignment right off the bat? So with Christian Gonzalez, you know, an interesting thing for me is all offseason, the Patriots have been starting him in the defense. So you say, all right, it's mini camp, it's OTAs. You know, we're just seeing the Patriots for the first time. And Christian Gonzalez is playing opposite of Jonathan Jones. I mean, he was playing in front of Jack Jones, you know, for really the entire offseason. Sorry, the Pats draft this kid 18th overall. And it looks like they think he's a day one starter. All right, let's let's see how he does against, oh, A.J. Brown in week one. That's a really, really tough assignment. Even Devontae Smith is a really tough assignment. Both those receivers last year finished with over 1,000 yards. I really was sort of nervous about how it was going to play out for him, but overall, I, I thought he played well. A.J. Brown took it to him a little bit there at the fourth quarter, but you look at the final stat lines. Seven catches for A.J. Brown for 79 yards. Devontae Smith, seven catches for 47 yards. I mean, all things considered, that's pretty good. Uh, Christian Gonzalez also notched his first NFL sack in his first game. He had a pass breakup. He kind of did it all. And I, I think it was a really good start for the rookie who came in with some questions, right? I mean, allegedly the Pittsburgh Steelers wouldn't draft him because they thought he was like too chill. And, you know, he fell to number 18 to the Patriots. But I mean, honestly, he profiles as a guy who's not only a day one starter, but could potentially be a number one cornerback. I think the chill report is just so weird where it's like, you covered Stefan Gilmore, right? Is there a more chill guy than him when you're when no. you're talking to him? No, Stefan Gilmore is extremely chill. <laughs> Stefan Gilmore is also extremely cocky, though. I would say he he mm-hmm. he speaks very um, low, like hushed tones. But you hear what he's saying, you're like, oh, Stefan Gilmore is actually talking trash about Travis Kelsey right now. Um, but with you know Christian Gonzalez, we haven't heard the trash talk yet. But first assignment: Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Um, thrilled with that. But also Marte Mapu, he's another guy, Chris, we didn't see a lot of this offseason when it came to full contact because he's coming off an offseason injury. I believe it was a pectoral and or shoulder, but he was wearing a red non-contact jersey. Um, comes in week one. The guy was playing inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and safety. 
I mean, kids from Sacramento State, third yeah. round pick. I, I'll be honest, I did not really know who he was when the Patriots drafted him, but he looks like another good one. And another another guy too was Keon White, right? Like Keon White didn't register, I think, a lot in the stat sheet, but he was in the backfield a ton. Like really impressive. You haven't been scouting Sacramento State. <laughs> that's that's not coming up. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny that Gonzalez is the one with the sack, right? Because if you were to ask coming into this game, like which rookie notches their first career sack, you'd probably go Keon White and then maybe Mapu. I was really eager to see what Mapu would do in a real game like this, though, because he was in that non-contact jersey all summer. And it felt like he was still throwing his weight around in it, where even there's some drills where it might be like a 70% drill and he's kind of going 85. Like, I think he just loves the contact. He kind of loves that, um, just that part of the game. Um, but I thought they all really held their own. They, they all, they all held, held their own. And you see that you hear the way players talk about them after the game, like Matthew Judon, for example, was like, as soon as he saw those three rookies put on their pads, he knew they were good players. I'm like, Oh, all right. Like that's, that's interesting that Patriot veterans were automatically sort of seeing like, Oh, wow. Yeah. Christian Gonzalez, Marte Mapu and Keon White are good players. And it happened really early in camp and, and now we're seeing it. So yeah, it looks like the defense has three impact players. It remains to see who will make impacts on the offense. Now today, Chris, obviously Kendrick Bourne finishes with six catches, 64 yards and two touchdowns. He has two touchdowns in week one after having two touchdowns all our last season. I know you talked to Kendrick a lot after the game. It seems to me like Kendrick is one of the biggest winners of Bill O'Brien being here. He absolutely is. And I mean, if you think about it this way, last year in the season opener, when he's in the doghouse, he played two snaps. This time around, he has two touchdown passes. So like quite, quite a different, uh, quite a different experience for him. Um, But yeah, I think O'Brien also just knows how to use him, plays to his strengths. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, why isn't it always like this? Like, why hasn't it just been the seamless where obviously his first year, you know, there are flashes, his first year in Fox Brothers and flashes, you're like, this is going to be an impact player. Then year two is the huge regression. So it seems like water's come back to its level now. And I think it was similar for Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry finishes with five catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Hunter Henry in 2021 finished with 600 yards and nine touchdowns. And last year, I think he only scored with one or two touchdowns. He had 500 yards. He wasn't nearly as efficient. And teams took him away very easily. It made me wonder sort of if it would happen again, and it didn't at all. It was like, oh, wow, Bill O'Brien's here. You have a competent offensive coordinator. And look at this. Kendrick Bourne and Hunter Henry are both making impacts and they're doing so more than they did last year. I do have one concern though. I have one concern here, Chris. Juju Smith-Schuster was not out on the field in some of the more important parts of the game. We're talking towards the end of the game. So for those who probably remember or didn't watch the game and want to get caught up, we have Jabril Peppers forces a fumble, gives the Patriots the ball back with around three minutes to go. And the Patriots... Huge hit. Huge hit. Patriots are, you know, trying to get down score a touchdown it, it doesn't happen right it was interesting to me though that juju didn't really seem to be a big part of the game plan at that point then but hey they get one more opportunity right you get the ball back you have whatever it was i don't know a minute to go two minutes to go and mac jones is throwing a Keishon booty on fourth and 11 why is he throwing a Keishon booty well juju smith schuster wasn't on the field for that final play it does make me a little curious as to why i know our own karen gregan talked to him after the game and, and he said that there were certain plays and formations he wasn't in on it is interesting to me that the patriots in their most gotta have it moment didn't have their highest paid receiver on the field yeah and it's shocking that he's targeting Keyshawn booty there too where i mean hey it looks like the read was right if he gets a second foot 
imbalance is an entirely different conversation, right? But if you're just thinking like fourth down, game on the line, and he's going to the rookie there, which is like one, it means the rookie's out on the field, and two, that he was the best option. Um, what do you think of Pop Douglas's debut? Well, Pop Douglas was very, very encouraging. Four catches for 40 yards. Honestly, guys, the Patriots may have found him. They may have actually found their next slot receiver, and I am very encouraged. The arrow is pointing up on Pop Douglas. Um, he's a really, really good kid for people who are people who like the type of things like I do, as in let's root for really good people, like people who are like underdogs, like happy-go-lucky. Pop Douglas is always smiling. He told me today that he couldn't stop smiling all day, even during the game. He just had a smile on his face. His mom and his grandma were in the stands to watch him play his NFL debut. I was very impressed with Pop Douglas. The kid barely played in the preseason because the Patriots didn't want to showcase him. They didn't want to show the world what they had. Kid goes out there, six-round pick from Liberty. He's probably 5'7", 150 pounds, catches four passes for 40 yards. I mean, honestly, this is probably their next Danny Amendola. You know, I don't want to put Wes Welk or Julian Edelman, Edelman on him, but I think he can eventually be a very good slot receiver. Put that in contrast, though, with Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, Pop Douglas catches four passes for 40 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster catches four passes for 33 yards. It, it was a bit worrisome to me. And I will say this, I don't want to be completely pessimistic. Let's be honest, I've been way too positive on this podcast anyways. Today in the Las Vegas Raiders win over the Broncos, our old friend Jacoby Myers caught nine passes for 81 yards in two touchdowns. Oh, man, that kind of hurt hurt me to see, Chris. I, I like Jacoby Myers a lot. He's a very, very good person, but also he was a good leader on the Patriots. He had a great connection with Mac Jones, and the Patriots opted to not sign him and actually give a better contract to Juju. And I'll say this, week one, so far, it does not look like it paid off, but hey, it's it's a long season, and there's certainly room for Juju Smith-Schuster to, um, you know, to grow and, you know, have a have a better, have a, say, say, play better than he did um on Sunday. Yeah, where's uh, Bob Lopez when you need him? You know that why can't why can't we get guys like that? <laughs> um, so if you had to name one player as your like Patriots player of the game for this one, who are you going to go with? It's a really great question, and you asked me this before the pod start. Um, I want to go someone on on defense, and there's a part of me that wants to say Jabril Peppers for forcing yeah. the fumble on Jalen Hurts. You know, there are these moments in games where you just you, you need a turnover and Jabril Peppers to come up like that was it was so clutch. But also this was a guy who's taking on a bigger role because he's replacing Devin McCourty. You know, the Patriots go out there without their captain of the last, you know, whatever is since Devin McCourty has been a captain since 2010, I believe. First time without him, no communication. You know what? Jabril Peppers is out there. He's playing deep safety. He broke up a pass. He had shook great range on it. And then later in the game, forces a fumble. Um, I'd also give it to um, you know, Kendrick Bourne or Matthew Judon. Matthew Judon's elite. He's um he's by far the best player on this team right now. But I'd give my I'd give my gold star to Jabril Peppers. Yeah, I, I think I'd also go with Peppers, which is kind of boring in this instance, but I mean I, I think I'd also throw an honorable mention at Christian Gonzalez just for what he was asked for, you know, and on Friday, Bill said the thing, you know, oh, there's no, uh, there's no like kiddie pool. You just got to throw him in the deep end and hope they can swim. And it's like, this kid can swim, you know, he can swim. And, you know, so from week one, you know, we see what I would call an inconsistent, but improved offense. We see a very talented defense and we saw some young kids, you know, the first three picks, all defensive players pop Douglas popped. And I, Patriots roll in week two against the Miami Dolphins. They are 0-1, but I think the arrow could actually be pointing up. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And I think one of the most impressive things about this loss <laughs> to me is the way they play Jalen Hurts. Because he's the type of quarterback that has just given them fits for years now. You know, the dual threats seem to kill them all the time. Like they played him pretty well. I think they played him, you know, almost as well as anyone has relatively recently. Patriots played Jalen Hurts well, and it wasn't good for my fantasy team. I'll, I'll say that. So, but yeah, another another tough test going forward. And you know, we've talked a lot about the schedule, but four weeks here, you had Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa. You have Aaron Rodgers and then Dak Prescott. So if the defense can keep this up, the Patriots are going to have a chance to win more games than many people think they will. Yeah, the defense is going to keep them in games. It's on the offense to take that next step now and actually win some. Let's see if they can do it. All right, that's episode three in the books. Thank you for joining us and tune in next week. Tune in. Well, Karen, Karen has one coming later this week, right? I think that'll be Wednesday and then we're back again on Friday. So thanks for following along. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live.